welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yeah. How you doing? Uh, you know, I'm doing well and, and, and I'm sad at the same time. I'm doing well because I spent a lot of time today laughing my ass off. Yeah. Because I was watching Norm MacDonald clips. Yeah. Uh, Norm MacDonald passed away, I guess, um, yesterday as of this recording? or uh, Tuesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So two days ago as of this recording. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm on vacation. I got vacation. Exactly, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and we, Tyler and I, have made no uh, uh, attempt to hide the fact that we are big Norm MacDonald fans. And have we, been we for about a very recently. long yeah. time. That's That's the thing that I was, as I was thinking back... I was just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember jokes from Weekend Update that I loved at the time and, mm-hmm. like, told my friends. I specifically remember, like, after the OJ verdict, I remember his, because he made, he was merciless mm-hmm. on OJ. Uh, and so I was curious to know, like, oh, what's, what is he going to say? And he says, well, it's official. Murder is now legal in the state of California. <laughs> um, and that stayed with me at the time, along with, uh, you know, you guessed it, Frank Stallone and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so it's just like, oh, yeah, it's been 26 years that I've been a fan of his. And but also, I think it's safe to say that, you know, there aren't that many movies or, or individual artists that I can point to and say, I think this person probably shaped some of who I am. And I mm. think my sense of humor, wh- however you might define it, I think a lot of it, it was shaped by Norm MacDonald's comic sensibility. Uh, I found that, because, yeah, I also, I I loved him on Weekend Update and also partially just loved him because the NBC brass hated him, you know, and sure. it just seemed like, uh, he was the underdog and the, uh, but I feel like it's, so I loved him obviously. And you know, the celebrity jeopardy and all those things are great, but yeah. I feel like my real fandom for, for Norm Macdonald didn't really start until after SNL when I really was able to see him as a stand up Cause mm-hmm. I think he's one of the great stand up comics oh, yeah. that, um, uh, of all time. I was lucky enough to see him once very briefly. Mm. Um, he, he dropped in at a, uh, comedy death ray um because he uh he's one of the many comedians who plays himself in funny people i guess i never oh, saw yeah, funny that's people okay but, yeah uh, that's what i understand um and as you know at that when they were making funny people a lot of the people who were in that movie were dropping in at the ucb for the tuesday night there were two tuesday night stand-up shows back-to-back comedy mm-hmm. death ray and see you next tuesday um and they would both like people would drop into both of those shows all the time. That's why you and I are apparently on the special features of the funny people oh, yeah. uh, DVD because we're like sitting on the stage when like Jonah Hill or somebody is doing yeah. stand up. It might've been, anyway. I think it was Judd Apatow. I think okay. we, I and think that we was at see you next Tuesday. I think. Yeah. Uh, but this is at a, at a death ray. I think, um, comedy death ray, um, that Norman Donald dropped in, uh, and, um, yeah he did the the whole shallow grave bit that uh we've seen before it's uh, i was lucky enough to see him once but yeah he's uh uh stand-up is i think where he really shined there's a reason yeah. that like because when 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 someone have gotten into the habit now of when a famous person dies i start thinking like can we do a tribute episode and I'm like, we're a movie podcast yeah. his movie cv is not that deep like dirty right. work is a cult classic He's hilarious in Billy Madison. Yeah. He shows up here and there and some other things. He was a voice does, in the do, Dr. Doolittle movies, which I, yeah, he, uh, he does. He did a fair amount of voice work. Like the, the movie, uh, Claws, the, the Christmas film that came out a couple years ago. Like he does uh, a, a, he's very prominent in that. I didn't know that. Um, so yeah, he's done a lot of voice work and I, I had the exact same thought and I was like, I, I don't think we can. I think we're yeah. just going to have to talk about him at the top of the show. Yeah. And that's perfectly fine because yeah, as a standup, as a stand-up and as a talk show guest, that's the that's the other big thing. Like a lot of the clips get, that are shared are you know him and Courtney Thorne Smith talking about chairman of the board starring Carrot Top. <laughs> uh, like that is the one that gets shared a lot. That and the moth joke, which yeah. he told on Conan. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a stand-up, I just I just love like he would tell stories. Uh, I did listen. I I didn't read. I listened to his. Uh, 
quote unquote memoir. And it is just a, a wonderful, it's hilarious and also beautifully written at the same time. There are moments of melancholy that you wouldn't expect. Um, well, yeah, I mean, we talk, I mean, if you don't know the shallow grave bit, it's about like a murder. There's very, a lot of darkness. Oh yeah. Cause the clip that was cracking me up today is from, it's a video clip of, from his podcast. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this clip where he's, he's telling Fred Stoller about this famous serial Al- killer. Albert and Fish. Ch- yeah. <laughs> and this he's guy. intentionally, <laughs> but every, as he's like, talking about what the, the, like this is a real guy, like awful things he did. Every time he gets like a really heinous thing, he like overemphasizes it and looks at Fred Stoller <laughs> and then makes Fred Stoller laugh. Yeah. And then says like, what are you laughing about? That's the worst part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and then, yeah, and then he says, and he goes, now why do you think he might yeah. do that? And he goes, well, I assume this, he goes, you're thinking like Albert fish now. Yeah. <laughs> and then he goes, he's just naming these uh, like truly horrendous things. This guy did and goes, this guy was a real jerk. <laughs> yeah, it's man. It, it really just there. There is a reason that he's he's seen as a comics comic, and to the degree that like you know, Dirty Work is a is a cult movie. I feel like he's just a cult person. Mm-hmm. There's and and I don't think he's he's he was like an anti comedy guy. I don't think uh, I think a lot of his stuff could qualify as that, but I don't think. That's why I don't think he was doing it solely to provoke. I think it's just like, this will be funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, he wasn't Andy Kaufman that way. He was right. deadpan and unexpected, but that's not the same yeah. as being like, I don't think he was really like fucking with the form that much. He was doing what yeah. standups are supposed to do. Great standups are supposed to do, like finding your own voice. No one yeah. else told the jokes he told or told them the way that he did. Yeah. And that's like the mark of a great standup. Cause you'll find, you know, you go to as much standup comedy as you and I used to, and I've been, been going back since the, since being vaccinated. Um, you can see these waves come through where it's like a oh, one guy gets big and then like, Oh, now there's 20 other comics who kind of sound like this guy, you know? Yeah. And meanwhile, no one's gonna, no one is going to try to emulate his Bob Saget bit. Uh, at the Bob Saget roast, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, like there are people that might try to emulate his voice elsewhere. And just when you think you've got him, mm-hmm. cause he could be tremendously vulgar. And then you put him in a situation where vulgarity is expected and he decides, well, there's a lot of different types of roast jokes. Uh-huh. I'm going to tell mine. And it is just the best thing. And then later on in that, uh, at that, in that special, Jim Norton goes up and he says, he's like, Norm watching your set was like watching, uh, was it Henry Fonda pick blueberries, uh, which is funny in itself. And then Norm goes, I don't think there's anybody here who wouldn't love to watch Henry Fonda pick blueberries. And man, and it just like, and that's the thing is like, he, he could, it was very rare, but he could show sides of himself. Like when he legitimately started talking about Bob Saget, when he legitimately started talking about Letterman. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think I just really like his willingness to just, just being totally committed to being himself and having his own take on things to such an extent that, uh, we said this, you and I said beforehand that this episode's going to be a little light. Um, yeah. uh, I'm going to ha- make it extremely heavy. Uh, I said this on a, on a recent Patreon mailbag when people were asking like our favorite bits, mm-hmm. um, and a fairly recent bit of Norm McDonald's. That's one of, that is one of my favorites for a few reasons, um, is from, I think his most recent stand-up special, which is on Netflix. Uh, and he talks about suicide. Now, not everyone knows this, but it's out there. It's on more than one lesson. I think I mentioned on that Patreon, okay. uh, you know, I deal with depression. And a few years ago, I tried to kill myself and spent some time in a mental hospital, which was not great. And when you do something like that, you realize like, okay, I'm in a special class that is horrible and very lonely Mm. and you just stigmatize yourself. And obviously there is a stigma to that sort of thing. And I'd say somewhat understandably so, but you feel 
you feel like you've crossed some kind of line and anybody who knows that will just look at you differently. And again, somewhat understandably so. And he did that bit where he said, when people say like, I don't understand how anyone could kill themselves and his response, and he wasn't trying to like bring comfort to me, Uh but his response was, you don't. (laughs) And he goes, he goes, what do you live in a cotton candy house? (laughs) And that idea that he, rather than just go with the stigma and rather than worry that he could be seen as (laughs) endorsing suicide, instead he just says like, Hey, I know this is the thing that we're all supposed to say, but for one fucking second, and when you realize that he's been dealing with cancer for many years, it casts all of this in a different light, especially his more caustic humor. And in that moment, like when I saw that, of course it's funny because of course it is, but it brought a tear to my eye because in that moment it felt like someone was, was, he was speaking very directly to me because he refused to go along with what everyone is supposed to say. And it really, uh, it really meant a lot to me. And that's one of my favorite bits, not merely because of the personal aspect, but I also think it's just a really, because you don't know about life, how it gets worse and worse (laughs) until it ends in a catastrophe. Uh, and I think that's, it's uh, as always worded beautifully, but it really, you never, it's one of the things that I love about comedy is there, there are so many comedians that this is something we talk about with horror. There are so many comedians that want to elevate comedy and it's like, you know what? You don't have to, for it to have so much more meaning than you might think it can be, it can bring tremendous comfort to somebody in ways that you might not have expected simply because you're trying to tell some kind of truth, albeit in a comedic way. And so Sorry if that really ruined the mood, uh, but that that is what Norm Macdonald means to me. Yeah, I, there's nothing I can add to that, um, but it also feels weird to just go into an ad read right now. So. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, but I guess... If uh, I, I'm, I'm, I feel confident that Norm Macdonald would want me to tell you about tweakedaudio.com. <laughs> tweakedaudio.com is where you go for professional quality earbuds in a variety of uh, stylish styles and colorful colors that look great. They sound great. Uh, Tyler and I use them each and every day of our lives. Um, I actually did. I was like, uh, I haven't really been listening because I've been on vacation. As I said, I haven't been listening to that much music, but I did um, listen to some music today um i listened to uh new uh new ep by a band called choke me and that album the ep is called hauntology and it was uh really uh i I guess i don't know if it's metallic hardcore i'm not sure how you'd classify it but uh it was it was really good got my blood pumping while i was i don't know reading the internet today sure (laughs) um uh, anyway, sounded great on my tweakedaudio.com earbuds. They're available at a low, low price at tweakedaudio.com. But if you use the offer code pretension at checkout, you get one third off that low, low price and no shipping charges. So please go to tweakedaudio.com and use the offer code pretension. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tyler? Yes. Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. Uh, <laughs> we can cut this out, but uh, are you upset that I brought that up? Not at all. Okay. No. Okay. I guess I'm upset that I'm going to have to like uh, wade through all these you know, uh, sappy emails from listeners now. <laughs> yeah, that's probably <laughs> that's true. A, that's feel, a joke. <laughs> feel free to not email. That's perfectly fine. That's not why I said that. Um, uh, although, no, of course I'm not upset. You, like you said, I think you, did you mention on the Patreon? I believe I, yeah, I, I don't know how much detail I went into, okay. but, um, uh, no, not I will, at all. I, I thought you were going to pause because I, uh, my let's get into it. Shall we was, thrown off by someone like blaring their headlights into, yeah. into your front window. I thought we were going to get like run over. Boy, what a way to go. <laughs> um, 
Incidentally, I will also say that if you want some of the, if you want to laugh very hard, for the briefest of moments, Norm Macdonald had a sponsor uh, on his on his like lo- okay. his YouTube chat show, and it did not go great uh, because being the truth teller that he was. He could not feign uh, he, uh, oh, uh, sincerity about the man grate, which is like a, a, a grilling tool. Um, uh, yeah, I've heard I've heard the man grate on other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so hearing him talk about like, oh, you know, he's talking to I think Andy Dick was the guest. And he goes, he's like, oh, Father's Day is coming up. Andy, uh, your father. And he goes, oh, he's dead. He goes, fuck. <laughs> and just like, uh, <laughs> And it's just like, and then, and then like he, he goes to, uh, like he hands it to, to Andy Dick and goes, he goes, Oh, this is really heavy. He goes, yeah, that's part of the charm. (laughs) And and somebody, somebody cut together like all of these uh, bits and it's hilarious. I once was at a live taping of the Greg Proops podcast in which he did a similar thing. He was like, uh, all right, this episode is brought to you by Warby Parker. Well, first off, no, it's fucking not. This episode is brought to you by me and the producer and the people who work their ass off. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Taking umbrage with some yeah. kind of the audacity to sponsor his show. But it was just that I think that phrase brought to you yeah, by like yeah, that's uh, true. Warby Parker. You didn't do anything. <laughs> that <laughs> was his, true. Uh, we, we'd be happy to show for Warby Parker. Absolutely, we, we I, might have actually said we'd be happy to show for Warby Parker. So maybe I should. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to cut that out. Yeah, that was and Greg's I, poop. Greg Poop's words. Yeah, and I and I uh, I'm wearing a pair of uh, Warby Parker glasses right now. So oh, I hope they're a sponsor by yeah, now. Yeah, that's a, that's free, everybody. Um, um, okay. Uh, which reminds me, we have, we have business to take care of. When we do, yes. uh, but let's, as I said, let's get into it, shall we? Um, this is, yeah, going to be I, hopefully a fun episode. I'm trying not to make it a mean-spirited episode. It's going to be tough. I know, it's gonna be, right? It's going to be the, a section. My idea for the episode wasn't mean-spirited. As I prepared for it, I was like, oh, there's a lot of bad examples of, of this. So we're going to talk about actors doing accents. Um, yeah. And this is... Actually inspired by what I think was a good accent, or at least I don't know because I'm not like Louisiana Cajun or whatever. But in the new movie uh, Blue Bayou, which is uh, um, quite good, by the way, uh, uh, Alicia Vikander, noted Mm. Danish actress Alicia Vikander, plays... like a rural Louisiana woman and is doing like a Cajun type accent. And I think it's fine, but it's also, there's a part of, there's just a cognitive dissonance the whole movie. It's like, I know how you talk and where you're from. Yeah. Uh, It's, it's weird to, to hear her, her, her doing that. And it's also, I mean, it's weird to ask someone who like, okay, English isn't, this isn't like, you know, um, Christian Bale doing an American accent. Sure. English is his native language. Yeah. This is someone whose native language is something else. And, do, and by that standard, by that standards, I think Lucy Vikander does a great job. Yeah. It's just weird. The, the number one example for worst, worst accent I've ever heard in a movie. And I don't blame this actor. It's an actor I'm a huge fan of. I blame the director, writers, producers who asked him to do this. But in the movie, Witless Protection, <laughs> okay, which is the, the second Larry the Cable Guy movie. First, yeah. it was Larry the Cable Guy Health Inspector, which I didn't see. Yeah, and which has a just a, an enigma of a title. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The second one they take Larry the Cable Guy out, and it's Witless Protection. Um, it's an awful movie on its own, and it's also awful because it has the audacity to be a blatant midnight run ripoff and then actually cast Yafet Kodo in oh. essentially the same role as like an homage, but it's almost like an insult. I know. Um, but anyway, Peter Stormare, okay. the German actor, Peter Stormare, mm-hmm. plays a British aristocrat. And so you've heard Peter Stormare talk. He already like his accent is already thick. Yeah. And to have him also on top of that, try and pronounce words in a specifically British way. It's embarrassing. It, yeah. it it's, it's garish. Um, yeah. Alicia Vikander is not that she, by those standards, she did a great job, but it's just weird. Yeah. And also, and there are some actors and what I'll say is like a bad accent or at least not, Sometimes, okay, a bad accent can sometimes ruin a performance for me. It depends on who it is, what they're doing elsewhere, and the accent itself. But there are also some actors that just, for the life of me, 
they're just not able to get past themselves. Michael Caine is one okay. of the best actors in the history of film. <laughs> He's British. He can do a Russian accent. He's played Joseph Stalin. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about another performance of Joseph Stalin later. But like, and he does that fine. He cannot do an American accent at all. Well, I'm trying to think of Cider House Rules, where they try to make him not only do American, but do that specific New England accent. Yeah. What else did he play an American in? Um, Secondhand Lions. Oh, I didn't see that one. And I feel like there's maybe one or two others. But but every time I've seen him try and do an American, American accent, like specific region or just sort of generic, it just doesn't go great. And yeah. with Cider House Rules, like he's doing enough else with that character for me to be okay with it. But it is a little distracting, honestly. And it really, it kind of bums me out. <laughs> um, and, and, and I think that somebody like Peter Stormare, he has, he has a very distinct way of speaking just on his own when he is speaking English. And I just don't think he is somebody who can adapt. Uh, Ray Winstone is an actor that I adore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's about as Boston as, uh, let's see, as, uh, as the Canadian pizza chain, Boston pizza. There we go. That's as Boston like is. the depart. Like he, he tries for a minute and then you see him be like to hell with this. Yeah. Um, and then recently he was in uh, black widow and he's, and he's, I'm going to put quotes around doing a Russian accent. Uh, there's, okay. he rolls a couple of R's and that's about all we get. Um, Do you think pre Fargo, okay. was there such an emphasis on this movie? Your show is located in a very specific place. All the actors have to do that accent, you, you know, because I feel like that beca- that has become a much bigger thing where it's like, uh, uh all right, Martin Scorsese is going to make the departed. Everyone's going to be going like, uh, <laughs> um, uh, a friend of you and me hasn't been on the podcast, but a uh, friend of you and me, Ryan McManaman, the mm-hmm. uh, man who married me and my wife, uh, he said the the departed was just two and a half hours of people going, "I'm not a cop." <laughs> <laughs> I would say, well, it's. I guess you could say that the South isn't actually it is a region, but it's not super specific like Boston. But like but in, there are in westerns, yeah. yeah. Like in westerns, I feel like you'll get a lot of Southern accents. But that's what, but that's what I'm saying is like, um, I think that I don't know if it's I don't know if it's audiences demanded or if if it's just the way that the industry has gone. It feels like there's more attention to getting specific accents for better or worse. I mean, like, sure. uh, there's a movie that most people have forgotten for good reason. It's not very good, but midnight in the garden of good and evil is a movie oh, that has yeah. like actual people from Savannah. And then a bunch of people like trying to do that. Like, yeah, I can't, I, I'm Just like really drawn to that. Yeah, that, yeah. that thing. Uh, and then of course the newest, uh, example, I haven't watched mayor of East town, but mm. a lot of the discussion about it has been about the very specific Pennsylvania accent that they're doing. Right. Um, and uh, this is an example of uh, because from what I understand, again, I haven't seen it and I'm not from uh, Pennsylvania, but people are saying like Kate Winslet did a great job with that accent. Whereas if you clearly she's gotten better because Kate Winslet, I love Titanic. Her American accent in Titanic is not great. It's a little <laughs> it's a little fuzzy. Um, but it, like at least but then that goes. Uh, I mentioned Christian Bale earlier, I think. Did I? Yes. Okay. Because uh, he's someone who I think has gotten better at getting more specific accents. Because if you listen to him in like American Psycho or in um, Shaft, remember when he was in, yeah. in, in Shaft, he's doing that thing, that same thing that like Charlie Hunnam did on Sons of Anarchy, where it's like this is a completely dialectless American accent. It's just completely straight, over enunciated. Yeah. Which kind of which works it, for Patrick Bateman. 100%. It didn't work yeah. necessarily as much for Sons of Anarchy, at least in the first season yeah. that I saw. Uh, it also worked another person who did the same uh, Hugo Weaving in the Matrix movies does the same thing and it very much works for that uh, character yes. no uh, American talks like like that it's an American accent that no American actually sounds like but it works for Agent Smith you know as much as I love Hugh Jackman as Wolverine uh, first off if you watch that first X-Men movie his his accent comes through a few times um, but then he, he definitely got better I mean at this point like if he plays an American 
it's pretty flawless. Uh, the only issue that I have is that like partially because of his like thea- his, his theater training, his voice is mm-hmm. I think he has a really solid kind of smooth voice. So like when I being the comic book reader that I was when I was younger, you have an idea of what Wolverine's voice is going to sound like. And it's yeah. like gruff. And we certainly heard that in the, in the animated series, but like, you don't expect like this very nice, smooth, deep, clear voice. I'm Wolverine. I smoke <laughs> lots of cigars, yeah. you know? Uh, and I think his, I think his characterization works great. I think he does a fine job, but I remember it took me a moment and I'm not sure if I would have been paying attention if I hadn't caught the Australian accent in the first movie. And now okay. I'm really focusing on his voice. Like, well, his accent's a lot better, but you know what? Now that I meant, now that I'm really noticing, I'm not sure if this is the best Wolverine voice. Um, no, missed opportunity there from the beginning. He should have been doing not an American accent, but a Canadian accent. That's well, Logan's thing. Canadian, yeah. right? It, he sure is. Yes. Yeah. That, uh, I, I feel like if I were, uh, if I were Canadian, I would feel, ripped off i feel like i yeah. missed out on some prime canadian representation well that's the thing is you know wolverine being who he is he's not going to say sorry very much um <laughs> but uh in in the original uh animated show i think they i think everybody was cast out of canada okay because like cyclops definitely has a has a, a canadian accent there um all right so uh well let's talk so we've talked about um brett's doing bad American accents. We should talk about Americans doing bad British accents because you can't not talk about the 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 patron saint of bad accents, which is Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins. Oh, right? I, I would the, say that's probably the big one. Yeah. I do have a, a very close runner-up, so much so that I thought that might be the one that you said. But I think probably Dick what, Van Dyke. Can I guess what your runner-up is? What is? Is it Kevin Costner and Robin Hood Minute or Robin Hood Prince of Thieves? No, because he's not oh. even attempting one. Okay. Um, but it was enough so that like in men in tights, I almost said men in tights because yeah. in men in tights, there is a joke. Carrie Elwes yeah. says, unlike other Robin hoods, I can do a British accent. Yeah. Unfortunately, Carrie Elwes cannot do a German accent as we see from shadow, shadow of, the of the vampire. That's right. Um, but yeah, uh, no, mine is Keanu Reeves and Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh yeah. That's that another thing is. Yeah. That's a that's rough. Bad. I feel, I feel bad for him in that movie. Yeah. It, um, sometimes there's an argument to be made for just going the like old timey movie route of just like let people talk in their normal yeah. voices. Uh, I remember it actually, I'm glad it, I can't remember what oh, we were talking on the movie journal or no, it was on the Christopher Plummer episode mm-hmm. talking about Anthony Mann's the fall of the Roman empire, which yeah. is one of those movies that has cast of, Americans and Brits and everything, everyone was just doing their normal accent. And we were talking about like trying to remember uh, when was the last time we did that? And the the example you and I both came up with was Valkyrie. Yeah. But death of Stalin, that's a much more recent example in which everyone just talks in their voice and it's great. (laughs) Like (laughs) maybe we should be more okay with that. I think so. And I think in a comedy it's, it's a little bit more acceptable partially because not only are they speaking in their normal voice, it often, like the British, the British ones seem to be playing more British. Uh, <laughs> right, right. They seem yeah. to be like, like I think I'm not Cockney enough. I'm going to go really Cockney. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, like Jeffrey Tambor, like he's not trying to yeah. match their Britishness. Yeah, he's Steve just, Buscemi, yeah. Um, but I'm glad you mentioned Valkyrie because I also wanted to mention along those same lines, I wanted to mention Enemy at the Gates and what Ed Harris is doing. Because these, these actors are playing Germans and they're not trying to do a German accent. But at least Ed Harris, and it happens a little bit in Valkyrie, but Ed Harris especially, I think he knew, like, if I try and do a German accent, it's not going to be great. But there is a cadence. There is a German cadence, just like there's an American cadence. There's a British cadence. Like, there's the accent, but you, there's a way to not sell the accent because you're doing an American version of that accent. And instead, he does a German cadence, which is a little bit more clipped a little bit more official, especially because he's a military man. Uh, and it works. Like I don't, I don't question it at all. And I'm, I'm actually grateful that he chose to do that instead of attempt and fail at a German accent or just be good old Ed Harris. You know, uh, he, he finds this, this third option that I think was the, the, probably the best option. Yeah. There's other, uh, examples where someone like can't, I, I don't think um, 
So just uh, on the most recent movie journal, we uh, weirdly were talking about um, Top of the Lake, even though that wasn't anything. The most recent, uh, not movie journal, the most recent Patreon mm. is about our top 10 movies of the year 1980. And yet somehow we ended up talking about top of the lake. Yeah. Uh, why? We were talking about Holly Hunter. Uh, uh, but anyway, um, Holly Hunter's playing an American on that, but Elizabeth Moss, who is an American is playing a New Zealander on, mm. on that. And I don't, that's a tough accent. And I don't think that it's what she does is a great accent, but I think she makes a good actively choice of like getting it to a point where it's good enough and she could be consistent that it's not going to get in their head and fuck up with and fuck with the performance. That's, you know, that's how I feel about DiCaprio and blood diamond. I think that's a pretty good South African accent and it's consistent. Consistency is, is a big thing for me. It's like, granted, if it's consistently bad, like a Keanu Reeves and Bram Stoker's Dracula, that's not great. But if it's good enough and then he's, and then it's, it stays at that level the whole time. That's, that's okay for me. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, uh, with the caveat that I would, if I were a New Zealander or a South uh, a South African, um, and it weren't good enough, it probably would be a distraction for me. Mm. But as someone who isn't that, the sure. consistency works for me. The, sure. Another recent example of a very bad movie um, and a very jarring accent, uh, uh, but the and not a very bad movie, just a regular run of the mill bad movie. Um, last year's The Mauritanian. Okay. Um, which I have on my shelf here because the company sent it to me to re- review and I forgot. Yeah, it's not very good. Uh, yeah. You can find my review of the theatrical, quote unquote, the streaming, I guess, yeah. release of it. Um, but Benedict Cumberbatch is doing like Foghorn Leghorn. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's what like I like, like did like a blurt laugh when he first started talking in the movie. But then I like weirdly just got used to it, I guess, because he yeah. does it the whole movie and it's like, okay, I guess this is, that's just how this guy talks. His, uh, he's someone that, I mean, as Dr. Strange, he's doing an American accent and it's pretty consistent. Right. Um, but I'm not sure how great he is at, at, at like region, like region specific dialects. Cause in what's it called? Uh, black mass where he's doing oh, like, right. he's supposed to do like a Boston accent and it's real. That one's really inconsistent. But this is what I'm saying. Uh, I, I don't think when you watch like the friends of Eddie Coyle or whatever, yeah, people weren't expecting everyone to talk like they were from Boston. Yeah. I feel like I honestly think Fargo is the movie that maybe kicked off this like fascination with highly specific regional dialects and, the and, and just the assumption that like okay we're making a movie set where everyone talks this way right. that's we're gonna uh that's how they're gonna everyone's gonna have to learn this accent i wonder how one can even start to do that research you know what i mean like because yeah. i there might have been like an earlier movie but how do you even start that yeah but uh but i've heard people uh, say like if um, you can think of another one yeah. uh, that might be earlier let us know but i think that's a good argument in in reference to what i was saying before about like um whether accents sound good to people like us who don't talk that way or, or how they sound good to, to natives. I remember reading, um, a review of the departed written by a Bostonian Hmm. who specifically called out like Martin Sheen is doing Martha's vineyard, not Boston. Hmm. (laughs) Like that's like not something that I would have ever clocked. Right. But, um, that, that, uh, uh, stuck out to this person in particular. Yeah. And you know, uh, this is a this is a, this is actually a non English speaking role, but I know that uh, I know that there are people who are bothered by Benicio del Toro in Traffic because he's Puerto Rican and he's playing a Mexican, so he's speaking Spanish, right? But I've heard They're people say that yeah. that his accent is not great, and it's just like I I have yeah, I no way cl- yeah. I have no way to tell for myself. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess that's that's. Um, cause there are, yeah, there's, there's different, uh, certainly I guess I, I can pick out like continental Spanish because of the, sure. S- this C being pronounced like a TH yeah, type yeah. of sound like that. I can pick out, I think I've listened to enough interviews with hockey players and coaches that I can distinguish Canadian French from, <laughs> from, uh, Parisian or, or yeah. continental French or whatever you want to uh, want to call it. I think I have an ear for that. Uh, now, but yeah, when you get into, I, I don't know. Um, I can't tell the difference between like Portugal, Portuguese and Brazilian Portuguese. Yeah. I know that they are different. Yeah. Um, like I literally know for my, my work, they're considered like for, for, uh, lo- localization in foreign languages. They are considered two separate 
like languages essentially. Uh, but I, I don't hear the difference. And you know, and that's the thing is I think obviously because we're Americans, we, we will always have an ear for different American accents. Meanwhile, like if going back to, as we were talking about on the, uh, journal, um, if Ben Kingsley were to do sort of a more proper British accent in Sexy Beast, I think people, I think Americans would have been like, yeah, that's how British people sound. But he's doing a very heavy Cockney. Right. Uh, and Michael Caine also, like when he's playing Alfred, it's a more proper thing. But when he's doing Alfie, yeah. it's very, it's, it's, it's very Cockney. Yeah. And I think that's and actually, then, I think his, his natural accent is closer to that than the more proper thing. Um, and I can't, I, I can, I know there's like, posh british and cockney british but those are all like kind of london based there's also like right. their midlands and liverpudlian and mancunian um they have the best uh demonyms in <laughs> in, in <laughs> england um and i my ear can hear that those are different but i can't sure. hear the difference between manchester and liverpool i don't hear the difference right. i know there is one and i know it's different than from the london thing yeah. but i i can't always uh um uh, man, I know how, uh, I guess I know how like the Beatles talk is Liverpudlian. Sure. Meaning how, uh, wacko talks on the enemy. <laughs> is what I think of, right. That's yeah. a Liverpool accent that he's yeah. doing. Yeah, that is true. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah. And so obviously we're, we're, we're bouncing around a lot and I think that's fine because it's such a, it's and like such I said, a, this will be a light, this is a light episode. Such a big topic. Um, but, uh, you know, and I was thinking of, of Michael Caine in, in the Batman movies and like Dark Knight has three British actors doing American accents. I think all three of them are, are British or sorry, Australian in some ca- in one case, I three, believe. OK, Dark Knight, the, the Dark Knight has yeah. three people not from the U.S. doing U.S. accents. Yeah. Christian Bale, Heath Ledger. Who am I missing? Gary Oldman. Oh, I guess he is doing an American accent. Yeah. yeah. And a pre- and I think a pretty good one, um, and it's tough because Heath Ledger, his it it's it's almost like an exaggerated Midwestern, which is a hard thing. Like it's really nasal. Um, he hits certain letters in a very specific way, uh, and there there is a, a certain artificiality to it that i'm okay with because it's the joker there's a performative quality to him anyway um and so i'm i'm all right with it but also i think he does a, a really good um kind of i think a southern accent of sorts in brookback mountain i think uh, mm-hmm. i think he was able to uh, to adapt to whatever american accent he needed to i think i've i've i don't know if this is true i've heard people say that like well, he's Australian. Um, so I was going to say, I've heard people say that like British to American South is actually like one of the easier American dialects for Brits to do. I don't know why that is. I just heard, I've just heard that. Um, but uh, your Gary Oldman story or your reference of, of Gary Oldman reminded me of a story. Um, but I don't know if I could say our friend's name because I don't know if this is embarrassing for him. But, well, your friend, my acquaintance, whom we might have talked about recently, uh, was a PA on the movie Novocaine. Oh, yes, yes, okay. And uh, Helena Bonham Carter, who had played an American in Fight Club Mm -hmm. and played an American in Novocaine, like, between takes, was just talking in her normal accent, and he thought she was joking around. Like, he didn't realize... He yeah. didn't know that Helena Bonham Carter was British. Yeah, <laughs> but I don't. I don't know if that's an embarrassing story or not. Possibly. Uh, but uh-huh. uh, that's a very funny story to me that yeah. he like only knew her from American movies and had no idea she was British until he heard her real voice. And it, sp- it speaks well to to how solid her American accent is. That it's you really can't tell. I think there are a number of there are a number of actors that. It, that that are so associated with a certain accent that isn't theirs that people are shocked when they realize that, for example, Robert Duvall is from San Diego. You know what I mean? Like he plays Southerners so often, yeah, that it's shocking when you hear him talking his normal voice. Like, oh, like even he's my favorite actor. Even I'm just like, right, right. Yeah, he's a SoCal surfer dude. Um, <laughs> But uh, you actually remember me as a kid, I think because of 
the Princess Bride and Men in Tights, I thought Carrie Elwes was British. Yeah, as, as a kid, I'm not sure when I exactly learned that, but like yeah. I only knew him doing a British accent. Weirdly, I don't know if this. Is, I remember seeing him in. Do you remember the movie The Chase? With uh, Charlie Sheen and, and Chris Swanson? I, I remember it. I believe I watched it. I have no memory of it. I watched it many times as a kid. Okay, all right. Um, uh, and yeah, Carrie Ellis is like a news... It's a very small part. He's a yeah. newscaster, and he's he's an American, but he's also doing like a fake newscaster type of voice, so I didn't know. I was... Even at that point when I was like probably in eighth grade and I saw The Chase, I was like... So wait, is he American or is he the yeah. Brit doing an exaggerated newscast? Because there's a part, <laughs> uh, one of the funniest parts in the in the movie when um, Charlie Sheen like flips off the news camera mm. and cuts the Carrie Ellison studio. It's like, oh, sorry about that, but that's the risk we take with live TV, isn't it, Lolly? <laughs> <laughs> His co-anchor's name is Lolly. That's funny. <laughs> um, and you know, speaking of of, of actors that are often uh, like seldom do their own voice. Obviously there's Johnny Depp who has been playing character roles despite being a leading man has been playing character roles the whole time. And even when he's doing an American character like Ed Wood, he's still doing a voice um, to such an extent that when you hear his actual voice, like, wait, what? I'm trying to think what his actual voice is. It like, "Ah, I'm Johnny Depp. (laughs) Yeah, it's basically Mickey Mouse. Um, uh, But yeah, it's... uh, And then I'm trying to think of of people that just will always nail an accent. And honestly, like the first one I think of is Meryl Streep. Like she's done so many different accents and it always sounds... Even when she's... Or even when it's not an accent, but it's just a certain voice. Like when she's playing Julia Child, that is a very... Julia Child was a very exaggerated person. And yet I feel like she always manages to find a, a way to bring even the most exaggerated person down to sort in, in down to like a human level while still retaining that. Like in the iron lady, which is not a great movie, you know, Margaret Thatcher had a very specific way of speaking and presenting herself and she nails it without ever seeming like she's doing like an imper- uh, an exaggerated impersonation. It's, uh, I mean, obviously people talk about, Meryl Streep as like this great actress and understandably, understandably so like she is, she can pivot from one thing to another so well and then turn around and in like a movie like adaptation, she's not adding any kind of uh, affectation. She's just herself. Um, I'm glad you said it because I remember in researching this, I found an interview on den of geek, uh, uh, where they interviewed like vocal coaches and accent coaches Mm. about like some of the best before. And like they named, Meryl Streep is one of the best. Um, uh, one, we, there's so many Americans doing bad British accents that we forget to talk about. Uh, no one ever had a problem with Renee Zellweger being Bridget Jones. No. Like no one ever complains. So I guess yeah. she's uh, she's good. They mention her. They mention um, Daniel Day Lewis and a number of things, sure. including that only blood. And they also this is getting into TV, but they mentioned um, uh, Jodie Comer in who plays Eve in Killing Eve. Oh, okay. uh, or no, she plays. Uh, sorry, she plays Vil. Uh, Villanelle in Killing Eve. Sandra oh plays Eve. She yeah. plays, uh, but she's a like an international assassin who takes on these different ad- identities. So she's always doing different accents. She'll be British one week, French, German, mm-hmm. American, and she's. Uh, so they called her out as being particularly good. That's a cool show. I don't know if you've. I've heard uh, great things about it, and what I've read, I feel like I would like it. Yeah, I don't know. I, I had like heard enough good things that the contrarian part of me was like, this can't be. Yeah, uh, but no, it's it's really good, and it's the rare show that had where the showrunner left and someone else took over and it stayed good. And Mm. and in some ways I might even like, uh, as much as I love, uh, you know, I like everybody else. I like Phoebe Waller bridge, but when she left and someone else took over, uh, it didn't lose its edge. It might actually have gotten better. That's very interesting. The opposite of that, that I'll, well, there's a number of, you know, there's obviously the West wing and, and, and community, but, uh, uh, one of the most, jarring ones ever was HBO's divorce. Oh yeah. Jen has, Jen's watched that. Yeah. Oh, the first season created by Sharon Horgan. And if you know Sharon, if you watch Cat- catastrophe, you just know her comedic voice, like Sharon Horgan, very caustic. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a 
heart there, but it's under a lot of layers of pragmatism and, and cynicism. And like the first season is very much in Sharon Oregon's voice. It's a, this is like, said like, this is going to be a series about two people getting divorced and it's going to be about how incredibly painful a process divorce is. And then HBO removed her from the show and replaced her with someone else who made two more seasons of a show about a happy divorced couple. (laughs) It's like, it's Mm. such a jarring shift, uh, from, from the first season to the second and third. Uh, unfortunately now you've brought we're, up, we're way off topic. But. You brought up killing I'm getting us back on topic okay. right now in a pretty roundabout way. I'm going to say you mentioned killing E, which got, which has uh, Sandra. Oh, uh, you mentioned divorce, which has Thomas Hayden church that gets us to sideways, which gets us to Paul Giamatti, which gets us to the amazing Spider-Man two in which he plays Rhino. I never saw and any he does. I would say the second most exaggerated Russian accent I've ever heard. Um, in a way that wait, I think. Wait, what is the first? Is it something you already said? Or I haven't said it. I was gonna. I was gonna let you guess. Is it Harrison Ford in K nineteen The Widowmaker, or is that the most like phoned in Russian? Accent? You know what? I was gonna when talking about Cadence. I was gonna mention him because the accent itself is fine. It's consistent, but he's doing an. It's an American cadence. Oh, and right. It's, and yeah. it, like you watch it, and you're just like officially this should be fine why is it not fine why is this not convincing me and i have to think of what the most over the top one is oh Oh, when i say it you'll it's john malkovich and rounders oh yeah oh which reminds me of another yeah i don't know how i didn't think about this when i was talking about the like cajun accent new orleans accent um john malkovich and deepwater horizon is just so like i didn't say it uh corn pone just (laughs) he's he's not in it very long well, I will say that uh, as far I'll, I'll get back to Russian accents in a moment, but as far as Cajun accents, uh, this goes to video games. Okay. Possibly my favorite video game, which is Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Fathers, features Tim Curry doing a, uh, a, 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 a Nolan's accent and doing his best. Uh-huh. He and he's done some accents as well. He does a Russian accent in Hunt for Red October. We'll get to Sean Connery and his refusal to do any accents in a moment. But uh, but like so he's and then he's uh, he does a Romanian accent in a very exaggerated Romanian accent in Congo. Um, But yeah, he his. It's consistent through Gabriel Knight, but like there is a few like even fans are like, whoa, boy. Wow. (laughs) That's really something. Uh, yeah, but he's one of those ones, like, I I know that Tim Curry is English, but there was a time where I wouldn't have known necessarily because he did, he did so many accents. Yeah, I guess, so. like, I, because of Clue, that was probably my introduction to him, and he's just very b- properly British in that. But he's not, he's, is Pennywise American, though? I think so. Yeah. He does a very specific kind of, of accent. Yeah. Yeah, where um, an accent it, it might be like a almost a New York accent in a way, uh, or maybe like right. a, maybe sort of a, a New England accent. Whatever it is, he doesn't have to hit his R's very hard. Like he says right. Georgie and not Georgie, right? And so and I think that the, I think that helps him. I'm trying to think of other Tim Curry movies I watched as a kid. I can't remember. In, I assume in Oscar he's very British, but he also because he's his role in Oscar is that he's like the one who gives elocution lessons. Right. So it's also possible that he's an American doing a mid Atlantic mid Atlantic accent. Cause that would have been That's like possible. considered like proper speech at yeah. the time the movie takes place. Yeah. But I haven't seen Oscar in 20 something years. So I don't remember. Oh, and let's not forget in national lampoons loaded weapon one <laughs> where he is, I think French, but obviously <laughs> it's just extremely over the top. Yeah. And of course I think it's, I think his introduction is he is uh, undercover as a girl scout, yeah. uh, specifically a wilderness girl. Wilderness, wilderness girls. <laughs> is that going to be funny? I feel yeah. I think it probably is. Honestly, I think back on some of those jokes. Yeah. Well, there's uh, one joke that I think about all the time, which is when the uh, uh, it's Emilio Estevez and Samuel Jackson, but Charlie Sheen plays the valet. If you remember, it's like a cameo yes. where he's the valet right. and he goes and gets their car and it turns out there was a bomb that blows up. Yeah. And Emilio Estevez goes, it's going to take a lot more than a car bomb to get us off this case. And Samuel Jackson goes, not a hell of a lot more. <laughs> yeah. That's a good joke. <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. That's, I feel like I'd, I'd like to rewatch that one. Yeah. I watched it so many times as a kid, but I don't know if it, uh, yeah, I don't know if it holds up. Um, I'd like to think so. But yeah, so I wanted to talk about like these, 
I mean, people have, have talked about how ridiculous Paul Giamatti's Russian accent is in Spider-Man and, and uh, John Malkovich in Rounders. And there is, there is a, a tradition of comically over-the-top accents. And I think the actors... Because, you know, I've, I mean, in, uh, Paul Giamatti's done accents in, in other films. Like in, uh, in John Adams, he's doing a, a British accent, and he's perfectly fine. So I think he's actively just going as big as he can get. And some of my favorite, some of my favorite performances feature a cartoonishly over-the-top accent. I would say mm-hmm. Tom Hanks in The Lady Killers, which you haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Downey Jr. in Natural Born Killers as, like, the most Australian person you've ever met. Uh, <laughs> that is a, yeah, that's a good one. I don't, I don't know if The Crocodile Hunter was around at the time. Yeah, like that's what. Before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he's basing it on that, right? Yeah. That yeah. his level of energy, and it's consistent. It's a good Australian accent, but it is just so, yeah, so ridiculously big. That's speaking of movies I watched a lot as a kid. I could there are lines of his I could quote that I won't do because I yeah. can't do the accent. But, um, yeah. and then, uh, I mean, it's it's a movie that we don't particularly a candy lane <laughs> of murder and mayhem. He's having more fun than anyone else <laughs> yeah. uh, in that movie. Yeah. Um, him or, or Tommy Lee Jones, but I think I think Robert Downey Jr. edges him out. Um, and then like Viggo Mort- uh, Mortensen in um, Green Book, a movie that I think is not that great. And and I know that some people are actually really bothered by his performance because it's like just as Robert Downey Jr. is the most Australian. Yeah, he's he's the most New York Italian you've ever met. Yeah, um, yeah. That's not the thing about the movie that uh, I think his over the topness. Uh, I like that about the movie. Right. I'm the, yeah. the part where he folds up an entire pizza and takes a bite is uh, as much as I don't like Green Book. That's hilarious. Yeah. There's. I mean, he he makes the character endearing. But as I was, uh, I mentioned this uh, on the journal as I was uh, researching, like depictions of Italian, Irish and, uh, Jews. Um, you can be as like, because specifically like Italian and Irish, like for a while they were, they were marginalized and it was okay to make fun of them because they were, they were the other. And then as they get pulled into the, the white group, now it's okay to make fun of them because they're part of the powerful. And so like, so you can be, you can, Every every Irishman's a drunk. Every Italian right. is like, oh, hey, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I could understand because we watched the trailer for Green Book in class. Yeah. And I was just like, oh yeah. If this were me, I, I think I'd be a little a little frustrated. So we've been I feel like we've been keeping this episode light as we should be. But we haven't really talked about the offensively bad accents like Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Well, there's or, a lot um, with that uh, performance. Yeah. Uh, what's his name in in the short circuit? Uh, Oh, Fisher Stevens. Fisher Stevens yeah. in, in oh, Short Circuit. Like, we haven't, like, yeah, that's a whole other uh, thing that yeah. is just just bad. And it's tough because, you know, you, you also have putting, a, like, you know, putting aside the idea of just someone playing a different race. Because you, I mean, obviously, Alec Guinness played, you know, he been in Lawrence of Arabia and, and Anthony Quinn um, played different nationalities different races than than they are but the accents that they do especially Alleghenis is I would not view it as offensive or comic or over or over the top obviously Lawrence Arabia is no short circuit yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah. uh like people can I understand people being frustrated by it but I think he is trying to be respectful of that as opposed to Oliver Twist. Right. Where that he's, he's definitely playing Fagan as, um, sorry, obviously that's in my mind too. Cause I talked about that yesterday, um, in class, but, uh, he's, it, Fagan is sympathetic. He's, it's a sympathetic performance, mm-hmm. but that is, I mean, that's that there's no rule that says Fagan has to sound like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's unfortunate, but, uh, I don't have anything else to say about yeah. the, about those, but I, want, I guess I wanted to acknowledge uh, that. To, to I don't know. I always I always want to do that. I always want to be like I'm not being blind to the oh the of downside. Course not. No, no. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I've looking at my list here. One thing I wanted to mention: um, I have one category that's just Wells, Orson Wells. 
enjoyed doing accents and he also liked to be as true to them as he could be to such an extent that people like we can't understand you orson when you're doing this heavy british accent in the long hot summer like we need we're gonna need you to come in and and redub yourself and then because i because i as i mentioned i've been um listening to treasure island there's like there was a tv movie where he played long john silver and he did like just this thick I don't even know what I mean when I say this, a thick pirate accent so much so that they're like, we can't understand a word you're saying. And same with Macbeth. Uh, every, like everyone did a very thick Scottish accent in that. So yeah. the, the whole cast was, was uh, difficult, but like, I don't think he was doing it to bother people. I think he was trying to, I don't think it, I don't think he was sweating it that much either. Uh, but like he was trying to be so true to these characters and just like really, just immersing himself in them that uh, after a while it's there's that old uh, that wonderful Jimmy Pardo uh, story where he talked about going to see a band and like they never they never addressed the audience they just played their songs as though there was nobody there and Jimmy just kept saying like we're out here guys um <laughs> I likes that when I go to a a, a show like, I like it to a point and, but, and if they're good like John Darnielle from the Mountain Goats is like good at banter so I don't yeah. mind but there are times when I'm like I came to see you play music i went to sure. still to this day the last concert i've been to because of mm-hmm. uh covid in fact the one that i was gonna go to on my birthday got canceled because of the delta variant i was gonna yeah. go see gary newman um so still the last concert i've been to uh fall of 2019 i saw helmet on their 30th anniversary tour and for mm-hmm. their 30th anniversary tour they did 30 dates and 30 songs a night. 30 songs is a lot. So they had no opening act. Sure. They just walked on the stage and were like, hey, we're home. And then just like yeah. played for two and a half hours. And it was yeah. awesome. That I get. They've got a job to do. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about like like banter. I just mean like saying thank you <laughs> when people cheer. Like that was the story that Jimmy was telling. But anyway, along those lines, I feel like you almost be, want to be like, uh, we're out here, Orson. Yeah. And yeah. hypothetically, you're supposed to be saying this for us. Um. You mentioned Scottish, and that reminded me of uh, um, Ewan McGregor's Alabama accent, or the Mississippi in Big Fish. Where is it supposed to be? Alabama or Mississippi? I think I Alabama. Yeah, the, uh, that's not yeah. great, I don't think. Um, Somebody, uh, one thing that I like when the movie Dr. Sleep came out, uh, and it got pretty good reviews, but someone somewhere, I don't remember who it was, said, uh, hey, everybody, we're burying the lead that Ewan McGregor has finally perfected <laughs> an American accent, because he, he sounds pretty pretty consistent in that one. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, yeah. There's plenty of movies where he plays an American, but it's never been like, uh, like Down by Love. It's not great, right? Uh, his accent is that, what's is that it, recall? What's that one called again? Uh, I said down, down with love. Down with love. Yeah, there's down by law and down, down by law. With, down with, down with love. love. Okay, yeah, is what it's called. Um, yeah. But that's also that's but, like an exaggerated, like old school uh, movie cadence that he's doing yeah, in that one. I guess so. the mid Atlantic thing again. Yeah. Um, so my other question is like. Uh, I, I mentioned like, you know, Boston and North Dakota and, and, and stuff like that. Have, have we seen non Chicago actors do the Chicago accent or do people just like, let's just get the late Dennis Freena or Mike Haggerty right. or like these, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. uh, died in the wool Chicago guys. Um, like I'm trying to think of an actor who's not from Chicago doing the Chicago accent. Is that the next frontier in cartoonish accents? Probably. I mean, Really, you, you can take almost any Boston story and transfer it to Chicago, and you can probably make it work. Um, there's yeah. pro- there, you know what? In in um, what do you call it? Uh, Boardwalk Empire. There's there's a character named uh, Dino Banyan who is played by uh, who, who is a, an actual like Irish mobster uh, out of Chicago, hmm. and I'm not familiar with the actor. Maybe he's from Chicago. Either way, like he's playing like a a very Chicago, Chicago. accent, very Chicago accent, and um, and yeah, and so, uh, but that's a good point. I don't, I not that I can think of. Yeah, and has the, has there been? Do you think there'll ever be a serious attempt after SNL had the running sketch the Californians? Do you think there'll be a serious <laughs> attempt by actors to do a SoCal accent? I'm sure there, I'm sure there has been out there. Um, and maybe we just, uh, aren't uh, aware of it, but, uh, yeah. Do you think you and I have developed SoCal accents in any way? I don't know if there's any words. I mean, there are words like I've learned, well, you're from here, so you knew. 
Mm. But one way you can tell when someone is like new to Los Angeles is if they, the main boulevard that runs along the south, the south side of the valley, right? Oh, Ventura? Ventura. Yeah. Anyone who's not from here, as I did when I first moved here, softens that T and makes it Ventura. Yeah. Because it's like the word adventure. Like adventure. adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But once you've lived here, you know Ventura. It's a hard T. That's like something you learn when you move here. Just like you learn how to pronounce Coenga. Or Los Feliz. Uh, Los Feliz, which is like, yeah, not, not correct because yeah. I feel like people want to, either they don't know how to say it or they speak Spanish and they want to say Los Feliz, yeah. which is which how is the word how is pronounced. You say it. But, yeah. uh, yeah, that's like, I remember having this conversation with my my wife about how, like, okay, the character from the Cervantes novel is Don Quixote, mm-hmm. but the word is quixotic because it's an English language word yeah. based on the character Don Quixote. The word is not quixotic because that would be a Spanish language word. It's an English language word, so the word is quixotic. It's a weird, you know, <laughs> weird specificity. Like, I know that... The comedian Gallagher is seen as a hack because <laughs> right. of like the sledgeomatic and, and his prop comedy and stuff. Some of his actual bits, like just spoken bits, are are I mean they're like old like old school like eighties. They're dated, but yeah. But like he has a bit you can look it up in which he talks about the English language, and he just goes through and says like, I, "What is like." He goes, okay, C-O-M-B, comb, T-O-M-B, tome, no, tomb. (laughs) And he goes through using like, uh, you know, homonyms and and similar spelling. Mm -hmm. And you go through and like, this language is fucking nuts. Uh, And and I remember like, and it's in, there's a very specific timing to it that I think he nails. Uh, And it's, it's definitely like, even the worst comedians have at least one pretty solid, yeah, solidly constructed bit. Well, kind of like what I was saying about, uh. On the movie journal. Even the worst movie, like even bad movies sometimes have good scenes. Sure, absolutely. All right, do we have anything else on your list or do we, do, we do it? Um, let's see. Oh, yeah. So uh, I, I need to talk about Sean Connery. So there's, <laughs> oh, right, he has yeah, played we, so many nationalities and he's played them all one way. And on, on one hand, I respect it yeah. because he knows, he knows what he's capable of. And he just has such magnetism that they keep casting him. But at the same time, it's just like he plays a Spaniard in, yeah. in, uh, Highlander, in Highlander, which is like he's not just Spanish, but like in like the flashbacks, he's like full like conquistador yeah. like garb. It's yeah. the most Spaniard. Meanwhile, our main character is Scottish, played by French actor yeah. <laughs> Christopher Lambert. Uh, and then, of course, he played he he's played Irish a couple of times. Uh, oh, sure, makes yeah. no attempt and wins an Oscar for one of them. Uh, and then he played Russian. Uh, and just like on one hand, I admire him for just being himself. And obviously he's cast because he's Sean Connery. But at the same time, it's just like, shame on you casting directors. Like, do you, <laughs> it's just like Russian who gives a shit Irish who cares, you know, it's Sean Connery. What are you going to do? Complain? And the answer is no, you're not. But, uh, that to me, I think like that's the essence of, uh, that's like the, the, that's the patient zero of actors not even trying. Um, but he's still playing the characters very well, of course. But, uh, but yeah, that's something I always found funny. And that's, I think that's the only one I can, I can really, that's the last thing I can really think of. All right. Well, uh, this has been fun. You can find us at battleshippretension.com. You can, that's where you can find, uh, I don't know, reviews if I ever catch up. I'm on vacation. Um, uh, you can find uh, reviews and stuff there. Um, you can email us at david at battleshippretension.com or tyler at battleshippretension.com. You can follow me on Twitter at davypretension. You can also find at Battleship Pretension my other podcast, uh, the one where I met your mother. Um, which uh, is a podcast I do with my wife in which we watch concurrent. We're watching friends, friends and how I met your mother uh, concurrently. Uh, Most recently we watched um, an episode where uh, (laughs) almost proving my point that like, not that like how I met your mother is a super hip show, but that the writers of friends are total squares. Okay. There's an episode where John Lovett shows up as a, like a, perspective restaurateur who wants to like Monica's going to cook dinner for him because she's Mm -hmm. like trying out to be his head chef but it turns out he's a stoner and like this 
all the friends are just fucking like total narc ass motherfuckers. Just like, Oh my God, he, he sparked a doobie in the cab on the way over. And like, he's acting ridiculous. Like no stone person really acts. That said, it's John Lovitz and he's fucking hilarious. (laughs) He's so funny. Uh, because like the bit is that he's like so hungry from getting high that he can't wait for the food. He's, uh, she's making so he's like just going through her cabinets and he's like ooh cool taco shells <laughs> and then he picks up a box of, of like mac and cheese and he's like macaroni and cheese we have to make this I think I you know what I think I've seen that episode yeah because uh, that uh, it said man John Lovitz he's a he's another guy that uh, that I I think is hilarious not merely yeah. on the critic but in general like he's a guy who understood what his persona was <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. really played into it um, and then we watched uh, How I Met Your Mother episode in which uh, it was a, it's a big episode because we learned a big part of uh, Barney's backstory mm. before he was the Barney that we knew he was uh, kind of that polar opposite so that's a very funny episode okay. uh, so yeah that's what we did this week at Don't Worry I Met Your Mother check that out uh, wherever you find podcasts or at BattleshipPretension.com you can uh, follow uh, Tyler on Twitter at Tyler Pretension Tyler what do you have to plug this week uh, nothing unfortunately uh, I do have a couple of reviews that are somewhat recent at battleship pretension.com of uh, mondo hollywood land mm. uh, and special thank you to uh yannick ambros uh yes. for, for being on last week um for filling in for me for filling in that's right <laughs> um but uh yeah so you can read that review along with uh, small engine repair all right um other than that thank you for listening we'll get you next time bye bye This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet. 